podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alfstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football. Uh, we're going to break away from the regular season chatter uh, that we normally do um, during the season. This is uh, one of three episodes this week, so we're going to take this middle episode to kind of reevaluate the roster a little bit and talk about the team overall, um, how we're um, either lacking competitiveness or, or where we're competitive and um, kind of compare that to other teams uh, in the same sort of boat, if you will. Uh, it seems that uh, we talked about this uh, a few episodes ago, Keith, I'd mentioned the fact that we are kind of a 500 team. We've got a 500 record over the last three seasons and that's kind of the worst case scenario. If you're a fan or if you're a franchise, if you are um, mediocre, uh, where, where you're close to 500 year in, year out, you can't seem to get ahead because your draft status dictates that you're picking in the middle of each round. And if you need a franchise quarterback, those guys are near the top. We seem to take the opportunity that we had last year and draft capital to do so. We passed on that. And, um, it looks like Geno Smith might, well, we knew that Geno Smith is not the long-term answer. He's too old to be the long-term answer. We've got a younger roster and we seem to be lacking competitiveness at a number of different positions. We're going to go through that as far as it relates to first and second year players on the roster, whether they have a future, how they're performing, are they living up to their um, expectations and where we kind of go from here. So big conversation. Welcome in. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about here. And you're right. Like right now, this team feels like a 500 team and you're saying that they're 500 over the last uh, three seasons. Now, granted, some of that includes the uh, Russell Wilson injury and coming back too soon season. And yeah, that roster needed to be rebuilt and they've done a long, they've gone a long way towards rebuilding it, but we get to look at um, right now and get a feel for where we actually stand because a lot of uh, the last two drafts have both been thought of very highly and it's time for us to look and see, okay, what we've seen this season, is this roster um, still trending in the right direction? Yeah. You know, and especially this year, like, what do you do? What can we do? Uh, do we just ride this thing out? Do we try to try to stay competitive? We've got the sixth um, hardest schedule remaining in the NFL. We've talked about that. Our offense is in in the doldrums. Uh, kicker Jason Myers has outscored the rest of the offense in four consecutive games. Uh, we've got three touchdowns uh, in the last four or five games, it, and and the defense has one. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking about this situation too with like Shane Waldron and Pete Carroll. There there now seems to be some some friction there, and now it's not completely out. Uh, in the open, but when you take a look at some of the underlying things that Pete Carroll's talking about as far as not being able to properly feature um, different weapons in the offense, for example, 
or uh, the run game, not being able to run the ball effectively, lacking an identity. Those sorts of things point to an offensive coordinator. He's, you know, when he uh, hired Shane Walder and he talked about the independence of that um, coach and um, based on the fact that we don't run the ball very much, it seems like Shane Waldron does have full control of the offense for, for better or for worse. And Pete's talked about maybe reinserting himself a little bit into that. You know, I was thinking about San Francisco. San Francisco doesn't seem to have a problem featuring Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and, and, and so forth. They've got a large cast of characters, a lot of featured weapons. They seem to get them all involved in the offense and they sustain drives and it seems to work for them. We seem to have the talent, um, but yet lack the ability to, to do the same sort of thing. So, um, anyway, I just kind of wanted to throw that out there a little bit as far as, I mean, their uh, offensive, offensive line players. is playing at a higher level than Seattle's and their quarterback is playing at a significantly higher level than Seattle's. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you're right about like, there's a cast of characters here. Um, where did the tight ends go this year? Because last year they featured the tight ends quite a bit. And this year yes, they're they playing do. them a lot. But there's no productivity. And I know part of that is because the offensive line's been so bad. There's a lot more blocking and a lot less routes to be run. But still, there's just a lot less productivity. And that needs to that needs to change. So I thought what, what I would do here is we'll just kind of go through the offense um, first as far as players. We're just talking about first and second year. There's obviously other players. There's players up for contract this year, whether we decide to retain them or not. Um, that's another discussion. But let's just talk about first and second year guys. And, and I'll start with Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet, uh, the running back duo that we've got on this team. Obviously, Ken Walker uh, strained an oblique um, couple weeks ago hasn't uh, been able to return no timetable for a return although pete did say he wouldn't go on ir and then zach charbonnet less uh explosive running back of the two but but lack uh, but has that physicality and toughness that we that we both like and then kenny mcintosh again a first-year player uh, along with zach charbonnet is yet to have an impact on the field he's been out injured he is available on the roster now we'll see if he has opportunities uh, forthcoming but um, obviously with such a young group, um, under contract, Keith, it seems like we're going to run back the same crew next year. What can we do different to get these guys going? Well, um, I mean, a lot of that I think is, is scheme and offensive line. It's not the guys. Um, we know that Walker and Charbonnet can both play. Uh, it's, you got to give them more opportunities and that's something which is going to happen. Um, I I think that, I mean, you're looking at, at uh, an offensive line, which was supposed to be improved and it really isn't, um, you know, they brought back Haynes that hasn't worked. Um, Evan Brown was good early in the year, but the last like four or five weeks, he's been kind of bad. As the defenses um, have improved. So, so he's gone the other direction. So, huh? I Ross? said, you know, as we've, played significantly better defenses in the second half of the season, his play has dropped off. Yeah. Um, and so, and then you look at, uh, I, I just when I'm trying not to get in too much into the other positions, we're trying to talk about this one. I mean, uh, 
Walker's was getting it done uh, when given opportunities. His wasn't given given enough opportunities. So I yeah, know that when he's he missed with injury. He, missed, he was he missed the last couple of games um, with the strained oblique, but he Walker only has fifty more snaps than Charbonnet. Three fifty one to three hundred one. Like, right? Um, but yet Walker has all the production. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when he left, he was ranked seventh in EPA in the NFL. Um, he was up there on on um, yards per play, et cetera. He's got that big playability, obviously. You know, he likes to bounce it outside, so he's going to take some losses on on a few uh, interior runs, but then he's going to give you some home run options on the outside. We just haven't seen that this year. Um, even from him, uh, we've been lacking big plays. Um, one of the stats I saw recently was that um, since Charbonnet has taken over, Kenny Walker's been out. We haven't had a running play longer than 12 yards. Um, we just lack explosiveness there. I think maybe Kenny McIntosh can help in that if Ken Walker's not going to be back soon. But we just don't know. Last game, Charbonnet had 15 carries, I believe. And then Dallas had 88 snaps total Mm -hmm. with, with, I think, one carry, maybe. Um, So these guys just aren't getting the opportunities because we can't convert on third down. That's part of the reason. Part of it is just that we lack the the push up front to kind of give these guys an opportunity to get get big plays. Yeah, we lose at the line of scrimmage a lot. That's a pretty common theme this year. And they need to you know, get back to uh, what I consider Seahawk football. And well, that's let's talk about, winning at the line of scrimmage. Let's talk about some of the rookies and second-year players we've got on the offensive line. I was going to talk about a few other uh, players, but, you know, Olobatimi is there, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross uh, are, are there, and Anthony Bradford. So there's four offensive linemen that have had significant roles this year, minus Abe Lucas. He's been injured. Hopefully back this week sounds like it. Um, but overall, we've just not been able to get it done on offense. And I realize some of that is the continuity situation, the injuries, having to plug You know, there was a time where we ran out um, five backup offensive linemen mm-hmm. uh, for most of a game. You know, that's just not going to get it done in the NFL long term. Yeah. And that's uh, kind of what we've been playing with. And it's, it's been tough. Now, I, I also heard in a press conference here with Geno Smith talking about holding the ball too long and that Pete wants them to get the ball out quicker. And, and those two things, I think, are tied together. I think Pete Carroll, and you know this, we've seen multiple um, offensive coordinators uh, over the years lose their jobs under Pete Carroll. Most of them have not uh, lost their jobs because they're being hired somewhere else. They lost their jobs because they were fired. And one of the consistent themes in there is that the, you know, these offenses stagnate and fail over time because I think they get um, Pete Carrollized. Uh, they um, lack uh, ingenuity. They lack creativity and explosiveness, even though they want to be explosive. Um, because I think Pete is real conservative at the quarterback spot. He, he values the ball. He wants no, you know, turnovers, risk adverse. 
And, you know, he's calculating that that over time wins more games than, than he loses. But in today's NFL, um, that doesn't seem to be a formula that, that's, that's working unless you have elite play at the quarterback position in an elite defense. Well, I don't and even we know don't if that's true. Either. Because what we're running into as an offense is the offense is stagnating this year because they're not running the ball. Because they're going away from the run. True. Yeah, yeah, right. It all ties together. Yes, correct. So I think that um, the problem with Brian Schottenheimer is he's not a good offensive coordinator. He's shown that now at three different stops where he's kind of failed. Um, And so that I don't think was a problem with uh, getting Pete Carroll eyes. Well, hold on then. It's, it seems to then be a problem with Pete Carroll understanding who he needs to hire in the NFL to be successful. Well, he hired a guy that's well-known around the league for being an elite um, guy that works with quarterbacks, trying to get more out of Russ. And he's really good at that, but he's not a great coordinator. So that's, I mean, I don't, that's Schottenheimer. Um, Waldron looked well. The first his first year here with all the quarterback uncertainty and all the mess that was that. Um, he looked like he didn't have a plan. And then the second year, it looked like he had a master plan because everything worked, and he was doing it with Geno Smith when no one thought you could win with Geno, and everything worked. And this year everything that worked last year isn't working. And I don't think that it clearly hasn't been Pete Carrollized because otherwise they'd be running the ball more. And I think it's, I think they're not running it enough. And I think overall it's just, I think what I'm talking about specifically is, is the, the idea of Geno Smith holding on to the ball too long to make sure that his wide receivers are open as opposed to, releasing the ball at a point where he's throwing them open. And he, they may, he even talked about that as being a, a little factor. And I'm thinking that can only really come from Pete Carroll. And we've seen it over and over. Not, and, I, see, I don't, I don't Russell agree. Wilson I, as well. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true. Um, because you're talking about going into a year where um, you've got this career backup at quarterback who was a turnover machine before taking over in Seattle. And he was allowed to throw with anticipation then, but not now, not when the team has already invested now that they've invested a bunch of money in him. And said, "Hey, you know, you're going to be the guy for the next couple of years. Um, now they're going to hamstring him and and make him so he can't uh, do his job. I just simply don't. I don't buy that. I yeah, think it's I'm just, just I'm just digging for, and not for answers here. Good. I mean, one of the other things that he did a lot last year was uh, he was under center a lot, and they ran those schemes with him under center with multiple looks. Um, and, and this year he's been, you know, in um, shotgun quite a bit more." And I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I just know whatever is 
we're doing is not working. So, um, so kind of getting back to the offensive line, how do you, you know, Charles Cross it seems to me hasn't really completely lived up to his draft status. I know that there was some injury stuff there, but he when he has been year. in, has been in healthy. It just seems like he's just not the same player he was last year. Yeah, Cross looked good last year, and then this year he missed a bunch of camp in the beginning of the season with the injury, and then just hasn't gotten back to where he was last year. And they need they need him to. Um, and I don't know what it is, whether it is um, just the lack of practice and the lack of a training camp, um, whether his technique is regressed. I don't know. I see him leaning on guys more um, and getting like bending more at the waist, which you're not supposed to do. Um, you don't want to be a waist bender on the offensive line. I see him doing a, a lot more of that um, and, and having problems that way. I, I don't know. I don't know if he still has lingering issues with um, the injury or whether it's just a lack of practice and, and not you know, the lack of, therefore the lack of coaching uh, on his technique, but he hasn't been as good. I still think he can play good. We saw it last year and we know the talent is there, but yeah, you got to get more out of a guy that's, that's that he's got enough talent. They should be getting more out of him than they are um, right now. Um, as for Abe Lucas, like he was the best offensive lineman on the team last year uh, for most of the year. And then the last like, four or five weeks his play really dropped off and i believe that was just because he was tired like his legs didn't have anything left um there's a really long season for him but now he hasn't been healthy he hasn't played yet this this year and he's going to come back facing the same issue that cross did no training camp no preseason no um, any of that stuff and being expected to just jump in and play at a high level. I Against don't know three if really good teams. Boom, boom. <laughs> well, yeah. and that's part of the reason why they're, they're doing it because they know that if he can complete the comeback and, and, and play like he did last year, this team is vastly improved. The offense yeah. is with him in there over any of the other guys. Cause he was the best offensive lineman on the team for most of last year. Um, and he has the potential to be that again. I think that that was a really, that had a huge impact. Yeah. On this offensive line in general, just not having him out there setting yeah. the tone, taking care of, the, of one side of the offensive line. It's just, you know, and it'll be needing, really interesting. Not needing tight end help. Because that was the thing last year that really worked and made this offense work really well was that both tackles played at a high enough level they didn't need tight end help. So the tight ends were always out in routes. And this year that hasn't been the case. There's a lot fewer tight end route runs. Um, there's a lot more blocking. So we've Which, got a you've trio. Got Parkinson and Fant, that's a waste of resources. Yeah. So we've got a trio of wide receivers to talk about in their first and second year. Uh, starts with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jake Bobo, and then Derek Young. Uh, rounding that group out, uh, Derek Young being in his second year, uh, also missed considerable time with injury uh, coming He's back two only snaps. just recently. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what do you think of that uh, trio in, in the three, four, five spot 
for our receiving core? Um, JSN has been getting better the last few weeks, getting more involved, um, which is good to see. I was hoping that he would be more involved early, but um, sometimes rookies uh, don't get off to the best start. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. go look across the league at the position. It's not a it's not a rookie dominant position. Um, but he's starting well, to come on, said, and uh, clearly the talent's said, there. Since- since week six, he's sixth among, uh, among rookie, uh, rookie wide receivers with, in catches with 26, fifth in receiving yards, 344, and fifth in first downs made, 15. Mm-hmm. So he has uh, definitely made an impact. Yeah. And, you know, he was the first wide receiver taken. So for him to be fifth in those categories is a little bit like, okay, he's coming around, but he should be better. Um and I think a lot of that has to more to do with um, the offense in general and quarterback play. I think given Agreed. more opportunities, he would be, he would be showing more in terms of the stats. Um, Jake Bobo has been uh, better than advertised, been consistently um, good, consistently high energy, consistently good blocking downfield. Uh, which you need from your wide receivers if you're going to run the ball well. Uh, been one of those guys that's been kind of a just a really nice story on an offense that isn't working. Um, I like what I've seen from him. I know he's not the fastest guy. He's not as slow as the 499 that the media keeps um, harping on. But he doesn't need to be the fastest guy. He's big, he's tall, he's 6'5", he plays really hard, and he uses his height, his length, and and his body well. Um, to shield off defenders and, and make catches through contact. Uh, I think that he's been, he's been plenty good as a fourth number four wide receiver, um, mm-hmm. especially given that Derek young, a guy that the team really wanted to feature this year. And they had a bunch of packages in for him where he was a fullback at times and a tight end at times and a lot of moving around. And he's played two snaps because of his injury. And that was in week 10 has not yeah. the last two weeks has not, um, has not taken a snap. I really like Jake Bobo. I mean, the guy goes out and makes the roster, uh, as an undrafted rookie free agent makes the most of his opportunities. Unfortunately, he's only got a few opportunities. Um, you know, one or two looks, maybe a game. Um, mm-hmm. he's got some impact on special teams. That's his role this year. Hopefully that can impact and, and, and have some more impact and expand. Uh, in the years to come, because I do believe the guy has big playability. You know, he might not uh, break away from you. Uh, he he might uh, be chased down if he's get, he gets an opportunity to see hope and field. But he's going to make those contested catches. He's going to make the tough um, uh, third down conversions and so forth. I think as, as time goes on, he becomes a trusted asset to any quarterback um, in this offense. And and so really looking forward to his future with the team. Uh, and Jigba the same, uh, guy just continues to kind of work and, uh, he, he showed the ability to, 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 uh, make an outstanding catch. Uh, yeah. Last that one handed catch was freaking brilliant. And so I think there's quite a few of those in the future as well. And it's, he just kind of integrates into the offense. Um, he'll be, he'll be a staple here for a long time. Um, there's a few other guys. Um, there's a tight end, uh, Brady Russell on the roster. I have no idea who he is. 
he hasn't really played. He might have taken a couple of special team snaps. I don't even know if he dresses up on Sundays. He's played um, a total to be, of 10 snaps all season. Five yeah. of them were in week three when <laughs> Will Disley was hurt. Uh, McClendon Curtis is a, is a right guard on the roster. Um, don't know much about him, but he's hung around since we acquired him off of a practice squad earlier in the year. So we'll see. Maybe he can turn into a futures contract and, and have an opportunity in camp next year when we can really get a chance to see him. And then uh, Oluwatimi has looked good when playing. Um, we both have talked about the idea that he would be the preferred option at this point in the season, I think, over Evan Brown to give him some um, playing time and some uh, build some continuity with um, Abe Lucas there now coming back at right tackle. And then Anthony Bradford possibly at, at right guard and just really kind of um, solidify the future of this offensive line because that is the future, at least to me anyway. Now, we may draft a guard next year that's better than Bradford. I don't know. Maybe. Or an, an offensive center or so forth. But um, these are the guys on the roster now, and, and they look to be good enough to at least see what they've got. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, Bradford looked really good when he was playing at this point given what we've seen from from Haynes I don't understand why Bradford's not out there as a starter he's been the better player don't you don't you think so I think so or at least equal you know I think that it comes down to trust for a team like like Seattle um and, and the continuity playing with you know knowing that Abe Luke is not there on the outside Having a guy like Haynes in there uh, sometimes helps um, with those sorts of things. But Anthony Bradford's shown that he's a mauler. But can he refine his game? You know, time will tell. I think uh, having an off, full offseason um, in the Seahawks organization and coming out next year, I think, is his real opportunity. But he should get some chances this year. The season's uh, long. Haynes has a, uh, issues staying healthy, I think. And um, we may not have seen the last of Anthony Bradford this year making an impact on the on the on the on the team so let's I, talk about the I defense think he should team. be in there playing like every day uh every game every snap and unless he gets hurt or or proves that he doesn't belong because when he has played it's been good and i just don't get why this team isn't going out and letting him play i know you, you said it's a trust issue but to me i'm like i I just don't, I don't see it. I don't understand because why do you trust Haynes given what he's, how he's playing? You know, something must be going on there at practice, Keith, because it's, you know, it's a competitive situation, always compete, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Um, Phil Haynes must be winning, you know, at least in the eyes of the coaches. Otherwise he wouldn't be out there. They showed last year. And, and many different times that they're not afraid to play rookies. Um, but he must be earning some snaps at some point. So on defense, yeah. um, it seems like we've got, we've got a lot of players that are in their first or second year on this roster. Um, by my count, I've, I've got 16 players on um, my list here that are either on the active roster or on the practice squad in their first or second year. And quite a few of them are making impact uh, plays for this team. Cameron Young has got a limited view of him so far this year. He's taking 
about 20, 25% of the snaps, um, usually on, on game days hasn't impacted really the stat sheet. Uh, can he grow into a larger role? Um, time will tell right now. Jaron Reed is getting the, the bulk of, of those snaps and Cameron's uh, kind of rotating in. Um, what do you think of Cameron now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. It just, yeah. it's not making a, a huge impact it's really it, not. to me. Yeah. And, and, and Mike Morris. Go ahead. Yeah. That's another one. Like that's a guy that you expect to be better. Um, instead he played in week one and hasn't played since. Mike Morris. IR. Um, yeah, IR. Yes, correct. He yeah. got hurt. But, but that's and, it. Yeah. um, you know, Derek Hall has been in there for, he has as many snaps played just about as Uchen and Nuasu. And Nuasu hasn't played in the last five games because of an injury. So he's not getting a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. He's losing snaps to Frank Clark, um, who is yeah, old Mario and completely Edwards. ineffective at this point. <laughs> Mostly Mario Edwards, but yeah, I get it. Mike Morris, you know, I think he needs needs an off season um, in this um, mm-hmm. in the organization. I think that will greatly benefit him. Uh, he came in; a lot was asked of him. He had to switch positions, all that kind of stuff. I think that he needs a little bit more time. And uh, Derek Hall, I think he just needs to get stronger. I mean, he's he's already a pretty decent run defender, but does he have any other tools? We haven't seen him rush the passer really. Um, it'd be interesting to see a, another off season for him as well, and then. Boye Mafe is part of this group, um, second-year player, Pro Bowl level now. Does he have a future as an All-Pro? I mean, the sky's the limit for that kid. Yeah, I, I, he's a guy that gives me a lot of hope for other guys on this roster because um, he looked, he looked a lot like how Derek Hall looks now, last year, and then has exploded this year, has more snaps than any of the other edge players by a hundred over Daryl Taylor. That, that is true. They, they played Boye Mafia in more of a run uh, edge setting role last year. And this mm-hmm. year he's really developed into that pass rush guy. Yeah. The well-rounded and, um, player, by the way, I mean, he leads already, the team in sacks plays, by a lot yeah. and it's just been a really good player. Um, and honestly, like if, Derek Hall takes a similar step forward next year, then you've got bookends between Maffe and Tate or in Hall that um, any team would, would, would want. Mm-hmm. Like literally add, any yeah, team would want. Nuasu in there, which is, he's going to come back. Yeah. Mike Morris in, into that equation. Oh, um, Morris more, Jones. more D-line, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Daryl Taylor has, you know, he's been the guy that getting 35% of the snaps for most of the season. Um, got there's a couple of weeks in there where he got like sixty percent and didn't make much of an impact. So thirty five seems to be about right for him to come in and and just be a situational pass rusher. And um, okay, that's fine. But honestly, like if that's what he is, then doesn't that indicate that Derek Hall should be able to get more playing time, and he's not. So there's something the coaches aren't seeing in practice that they would like to see. And I think they need to continue. Um, they need to continue developing him. I, I don't want him to get 
so far off on the rotation that he isn't getting playing time and he isn't developing tape for himself to study and he isn't learning because um, you need sometimes you need to play in order to start seeing things and Hall needs to continue to develop now playing you know 42 percent of the snaps like he did week three probably is not what we want but him playing nine percent of the snaps um in week 11 isn't what you want either so uh but that was that was when Frank Clark came in and 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 played 46 percent of the snaps so I just think that at some point you you've got to um if you're going to put Derek Hall on a pitch count and say, Hey, we're going to try and get him, you know, a certain number of snaps per game, do it. Just make sure that he gets the snaps, make sure that he's learning, make sure that he has an opportunity to come in next year and do what Boye Mafe did this year. Before we get to the, uh, the third level of the defense, there's a whole host of guys on the practice squad and, and, uh, I are now Tariq Smith, Levi Bell, John Radigan, Patrick O'Connell, Drake Thomas, all guys, the team feels um, that could contribute, but they're still developing. Not enough really known about any of those players really to, to contribute to the defense. Um, and some of those guys are on IR right now. So we'll just have to see how that goes uh, next year. Let's talk about the secondary. Uh, Jerick Reed, um, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, Trey Brown are the guys that are uh, playing on the roster and so forth. And then there's a few practice squad guys as well. Well, Trey Brown's not a first or second year, but, um, oh, I thought, still, I thought he was. Sorry. He is third year, isn't he? Yep. Um, Sorry. but still, I mean, he'll be, he'll be back next year and he's stepped up and played better. Um, you, let's start with Witherspoon. Cause like, damn, that kid's been good. Mm-hmm. Missed week one. Um, but still has 106 more snaps than any other corner uh, on this team and has been him and Mafe have been the two best defensive players on this team. Agreed. And this is a team that has Bobby Wagner on it. Yeah. But Witherspoon and Mafe have been the two best defensive players on this team this year. Um, He is only going to get better. And that's scary if you're an opposing team. Reek Woolen, I think, has taken a step back this year, but again, he didn't get training camp because he was hurt the whole time. Um, barely made it back for week one. I didn't understand play his... week three because, you know, uh, yeah. more problems. Um, he was taken out of this last game because of a knee, I believe. Yeah. Only He's played 39% play this, of the snaps. Next, this next week, um, a lot of people thought Interestingly, that he was benched when for he Michael came Jackson. Out, did you see who came in for him? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, not Trey Brown. Um, yeah, Michael Jackson has played uh, big time like minutes in three games. Week three when Woolen was out. Week four when Brown was out, and then this last week when Woolen was out again. Um, and I mean, I guess he's another guy that we could talk about. He's older, but last year was his first year actually with pl- getting playing time, and he looked. Right. Pretty damn good. And then this year he got beat out by Witherspoon, which I'm sorry, that's not a, uh, that's not really a knock on Jackson. It's Witherspoon's been one right. of the best in the, in the entire league. So. Yeah, it's a good group. It's a young group. Jarek Reed, unfortunately had, um, you know, he's going to, he had an ACL. He's going to mm-hmm. be out now for the year. It's unfortunate for, for him. 
good young player. Didn't see a lot of time on the field making football plays, but a special teams contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Kobe Bryant's been hurt. Uh, he's available, um, integrating back uh, from IR. He's got 21 days. He's now got about 14 days or so left uh, to be able to come back onto the roster. But he was not playing well prior to yeah. um, to going on to IR. So I'm not exactly sure what the team feels they have with him. He put 113 snaps in the first two games and looked kind of bad. Mm-hmm. And then um, ended up on IR. And now he's healthy again and back. Or, yeah, because he's, he's showing up. Um, we'll see. He didn't play in this last game. And hopefully it stays that way based on what we saw in the first two weeks. The, <laughs> well, I want the, the same, kid to see at the if, same time. I, mean, I want to see him develop and get better. Yeah, he's got, I do too. I do too. Um, so I, I don't want to do that, but I'm just saying like he got those snaps in large part because uh, Jamal Adams was out. Jamal Adams is no longer out. And Adams needs to be getting the snaps because he's the better player at this point. Mm-hmm. But you know, if the next couple of weeks also go south and this ends up where this team is like just really struggling, at some point you got to get let the kids play. And Kobe Bryant's one of those kids. You got to let him get in and, and get acclimated and learn and, and all those kind of things because he's got talent and you need to figure out if he is part of your future or not. And part of the issue with Kobe Bryant is that you've switched positions on him three separate times. He used to be, he was an outside corner in his senior year in college, won uh, all sorts of awards for that play. One of the best uh, corners in college football come on to the Seahawks and they switched him to the, um, to the nickel corner spot, which is fine. It's a starting spot in the NFL, but he struggled. He had some, uh, Force fumbles, I think, was was his highlight of his first uh, season. I think he had four of them, but otherwise, in coverage, was uh, had his uh, struggles. And then this year, starts the year at that nickel spot, but within a week they switched him over to the safety spot um, to yeah, be kind of a hybrid a safety. Him. Yeah, because there, the writing was on the wall that he was never going to play because Witherspoon was better. And Roland Julian Love came on. Trey Brown was better. Mike Jackson roster. was better. So he wasn't going to get the chance to play at corner. So they moved him to safety. And honestly, he that's it's not a bad spot for him, other than he he's not the greatest tackler and you want your safeties to tackle. Um but they're trying to find give him opportunities to get on the field. He's got to, he's got to take advantage of those opportunities because he's a guy that the team drafted his replacement and then Trey Brown got healthy. Who's also his replacement. Yeah. And Julian love came on the roster and, and can play in this, uh, nickel as well. Yeah. I can't say that that's an upgrade. Um, not in coverage. That's correct. Julian love has not played well this year. He was a far better player with the giants last year than what we've seen in, in a Seattle uniform. Did you know that Artie Burns is still on the roster? Same thing I happened last year during the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, because he made a play on special teams. Uh, that's funny. Um, I kind of forgot. He was on he the existed. roster last year, didn't have a single snap in, in all of the entire uh, year. And, and I think the same thing going on this year. Crazy. Yeah. 
how a guy can play that, that make the roster, make game day, dress up, and still not play. Um, so that's that's it generally. I mean, there's a couple of guys in the practice squad. I think that one of my favorite guys out of training camp was Jonathan Sutherland, um, as a, at a safety spot, um, strong safety, and there's just not a spot on the roster for him. But I'd like to see him, and you know, as the future uh, moves along, we've got some decisions to make as far as contracts are concerned, both the digs and Adams move making close to $40 million in cap next season. Doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I can't um, and then imagine. paying Jordan Brooks, paying Bobby Wagner, those four spots, those four players to me, are, it seems to be a luxury that, that we might not have next year um, when we need to really develop the, the roster more and, and kind of spread out those positions into I think more important positions to, to pay money to given so. what we've seen from Quandre Diggs this year and the first half of last year, he's not worth it. Um, I like Quandre Diggs at eight or $9 million, but at 18, no, um, you're better off moving on because if what, he hasn't played well this year either. He's a guy who just has, hasn't been getting it done. So um, I think that you have to take that into consideration. Um, Jamal Adams can't stay healthy, although he has for parts of this year. And, and But when he he's also hasn't had the, the biggest impact. So He has not had the impact this year. It's kind of interesting. I think he's still getting used to being on the field, to be completely honest. You know, there are times out there where he's unsure, where he's not committed to. Um, I saw a play the other day where it looked like he was going to be able to get to the quarterback and then just kind of stopped into no in no man's land, didn't rush forward, but then lost track of his guy that he kind of stopped in no man's mm-hmm. land for and he got past him and, and Purdy was able to make a completion for a first down and he just kind of was in between. Yeah. Um, Pick one. Yeah. You can't, On that you particular can't do that. one, you I don't know. One, you got to do something. I don't know exactly what happened, but I've seen a few plays like that with Adams, you know, and it's, you know, it's just, it is what it is. So he missed over. Um, he went out so, in the first quarter of the first game last year and didn't get back until week four of this year. That's more than a full calendar year. Yeah. It's awesome to see him out there playing because when he, he has, the, he still has, he's still the guy. He's very for. instinctual. Um, he needs to learn to trust himself and his, um, you know, his, his knee um, and all of those things and uh, get back to playing, you know, how he's done in the past. It's the hard part is simply that, you know, it's going to take time. And it's taking time when the team needs him to be making plays, not just existing. So Keith and I are going to come back on, I think, Wednesday um, to preview the uh, Cowboys game. Um, Seahawks are still in the, in the NFC playoff picture, but hanging on by a thread with three really critical games coming up. The Packers, Saints, and Rams, all at five and six, are on their heels doesn't seem like they're 
um, they're that close, but a couple more losses by the Seahawks and wins by uh, those teams will will have us looking um, on the outside looking in, and um, it'll be interesting. Uh, the Seahawks face the the probably the third best defense in the league in the in the Cowboys, um, and it, it's going to be an interesting contest. Yeah, the Cowboys the are interesting. They either blow teams out or they get themselves blown out. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of in between. They're and eight and three. I, I don't get them. They have a point differential, uh, best in the NFL at, at plus one sixty two. So they're yeah, getting it done. They blow a lot of teams out. Yeah. But then when they look at their losses, their losses are pretty bad. Um, and so it's it's always just like they're a tough team to figure out. That defense, though, is, is legit. And I mean that from the Pete Carroll point of view um, mm-hmm. and his terminology. <laughs> <clears throat> because yeah. those guys can play. Those guys are, are really tough. They've got um, a corner on that roster that's got five pick sixes already. Yeah. That's crazy. And uh, uh, Deron I mean, Bland. that's the kind of thing that, like, you've got to, like, I don't Show necessarily up. like what they've done offensively <laughs> as far up. as building the roster, but defensively, um, that's a well-built roster, and they're going to be a tough team. That's the first time I've heard you compliment the Cowboys in about seven years. I hate the Cowboys. I do, too. I hate them with the fire Almost passion. illogically. Yeah, I know. Um, this will be, it'll be a fun show because we're going to talk about the Cowboys a lot. Like, yeah. You know, we're going to talk about the, the Seahawks and what we can do to kind of figure out a way to win or be competitive. Um, and that'll be a challenge as well. But the Cowboys are a good team. Um, they're a good team. They show up. They play hard. Seattle's going to have to figure it out. We'll come back. We'll preview the game. We'll talk about all that stuff. Um, we'll get you updated on Abe Lucas. Uh, should know. Uh, within a couple of days, whether Abe Luke is ready to go. Um, and that I think will help um, the offensive line and offensive play. Um, and we'll see what happens. They're almost at a point in the season, Keith, where I think you just kind of let it go. You get let loose and just play loose and have fun and, and see what happens. So I think you have um, to, because if you're going to lose these next three, you're going to end up at six and eight, needing to win out to have a winning record at um, nine and eight, which they can do because they're playing, you know, three very beatable teams down the stretch. But although Pittsburgh's defense is, is a really good too. Yeah. Their defense is good, but their offense is so bad. It's like painfully bad. Um, and so, yeah, three very winnable games, uh, <clears throat> but these next three are still tough. Cowboys, San Francisco and Philly. Big time. Big time. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook on uh, Twitter. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform, Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Uh, find us, subscribe, YouTube channel, same thing. Uh, tell your friends and family about it and leave a comment or a, um, a nice review. And that would be great. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
Social Podcast Network.